What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Stretford Paddock. My name is Joe, that is Jay, and this is the Stretford Paddock podcast, the first one of 2024. I've got a little book of notes here. Oh, look at you. Right Making your little notes, you grass. £2.60 worth of notepad. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna, we've got loads to talk about. We're going to be talking about the January transfer window. <laughs> it has officially opened today. And United are already booting people out the door. We didn't even wait till the afternoon. I know, man. It was this morning when Donny van der Beek was confirmed. We've got other potential outs we're going to go through. And we're going to be having a little look as well on the cusp or potential um, uh, dawn of, of uh, Rafael Varane's flirtings with other clubs. I'm going to rephrase that. Rafael Varane can officially start talking with other clubs because he has less uh, than six months left on his current contract at Manchester United. We're going to be having a little look <laughs> at other players United can right. be looking at and bringing in for free. I, I'm glad that's an advert. I wondered what was going on on your screen then. It was, it was an advert and it was like someone going down a water slide. It was a, it was a, a, a young woman going down a water slide. It was. And I was a bit disconcerted. It was an advert for Centre Parks. Right. Um, anyway, let's just let's just jump into it uh, head first. Get your comments in, get your thoughts in on Manchester United's transfer dealings this January. Who do you think we should get rid of? Who do you think we should bring in? And hit the like button as well. Um, let's, yeah. Let's just start with Donny van der Beek. So here's what we know. Can we get into this? Deal done. He's yeah. going to um, Frankfurt. It's a option to buy at the end of the loan. Uh, it's 11 million euros with a potential 3 million further euros in add-ons, should he go there permanently and should those add-ons be achieved? Thoughts? Just an absolute pointless signing. Not his fault because I don't think if he ever was really up to it and I think he got injured at just, the, there's never a good time to get injured, but he got injured at the worst times he could have. He went to Everton and missed half the games he was on loan at Everton because of injury, and that was his chance to show that he was a Premier League player. Yeah. Then his old manager comes back to comes to United, I should say, in Eric Tanag, and was like, well, this is Donny's chance. Yeah. The guy that made him, the guy that sort of brought him through the young the, uh, the youth and given him his sort of, made him an integral part of that Ajax team. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. He's going he's gonna to be given the opportunity now. And then he got injured again against, against Bournemouth. One, he got that serious injury. He was out for the rest of the season. And he just thought, he's never going to get anywhere really is he and then I don't even think he did he not make the Champions League squad was it this I season? think he didn't this season or whatever it was yeah. he just it was obviously surplus to requirements and the problem with him when when he arrived as well Ollie just didn't want him you could tell that because yeah. he never played him it was the same with Fred with Jose you can tell with certain managers don't want or don't ask for certain players and it seems to be the case that we got Donny van der Beek because we could get a deal done quickly because of Edwin van der Sar and and we got it for a, an okay amount, 35 million, I think, with 5 million add-ons yeah. for a 22-year-old or 21-year-old midfielder, whatever he was, might be 23, was, it seemed like a good deal. He was a Ballon d'Or nominee. It was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. But we didn't need him. And it, it, it kind of came obvious. It was either him or Bruno, and it was always going to be Bruno. We needed a six, and we got another 10, really. Yeah. So just didn't work out for him for a multitude of reasons. I wish him well. But one thing I always found a bit odd was this whole... Donny van der Beek FC. Yeah, me that too. Went on. And 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 it 
in particular, the way it was used to criticise Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a manager. Yeah. The fact that we'd have Donny on the bench and everyone would go, if only you played Donny, we'd have won that. Where's Donny? Why did you... Like, Ollie's clueless. Ollie don't know what he's talking about. And we see it now, and you see it with every manager. There's always a player or two that the sort of... Not consensus amongst United fans, because there's very rarely a consensus among United fans on anything, but the consensus among a certain portion of, of social media is that this player that you aren't playing would have won you the game. And for a long time, it was Martial. And then after him, it was Donny van der Beek. It was basically, no wonder Solskjaer's going to get sacked. He's not playing Donny. And, you know, it, it, had a, it was Sancho as well at one point. Yeah. Like there's certain players that when they aren't playing, you know, people try to do it with um, Varane and Ten Hag. Like, well, he's not playing him. He's picking Maguire and he's going to get sacked. Well, you know, there's always an answer until they come on the pitch and you don't win any more games. Yeah. And I don't think United would have won any more games with Donny playing than we did without him playing toward the end of Solskjaer's it, it, tenure. It was weird as well with Donny because sometimes you get sort of players being back more online or more in the stands. And it's very rare you get both of those happening for players that are fringe players. Obviously, popular players get back to yeah. both. But with Donny, it was the big sort of online sort of crying out for him to, to start. And also in the ground, I saw it a lot. I remember at the Derby, Manchester Derby, when we were losing 2-0 to City, and the whole like, the for them was singing, you know, Donny van der Beek's chant, yeah. calling for him to come on. He comes on, first thing he knows, he nearly gives, he gives the ball away to Phil Foden and nearly scores. And you're thinking, like, is he really the level that we think he is? Because everyone was sort of saying, oh, get Donny on this, he's going to turn this game around against the best team in the league. And he, to be fair, it's not his fault he can't do that, because no. who can? But yeah, he was just overhyped, I think, by a lot of people because they looked at and they went, okay, that Ajax team was made, he was very good in it. We need a better midfield. He can be the key. He scored on his debut, didn't he? He scored in all his last game. But those two goals were almost the only things he did. I know he did a few other yeah. things, but there's not like a list of great achievements that Donny no. van der Beek did in the United shirt. Yes, he didn't get much of a chance, but also when he did, a lot of his performances were okay. He did have chances. He yeah. did play games for Manchester United. Yeah. And sometimes I'd give it a, that he did play when we'd weaken the team. He'd be like, okay, I think there was a Leicester game at home where basically Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was after the protest played the Rezies. Games like that, you go, okay, he's not playing alongside his better teammates. But there's also games where he did get an opportunity and he just didn't really take it. He had 30 appearances in his first season. Well, it's not nothing, A lot of them it? were substitute appearances coming off the bench, etc. But... Do you think it would have taken Bruno Fernandes 30 substitution appear substitute appearances to look like a player that needs to no. a go at starting? Do you think, you know, Lissandro Martinez last season, if he'd have played 30 appearances off the bench, wouldn't have cemented a first-team place by the end of it? Like, I like Donny. I was really excited when we signed him. I was really excited by his potential and what he'd done at the Ajax side. But it wasn't a right signing. And I think if he was starting week in, week out for United now... I don't think we'd be any better than we are without him playing. And no. unfortunately for him, it's not worked out. And I think the main thing now is hoping that we get the full 13 million euros for him. Hopefully he does go to Frankfurt and does what's required this season. They make that signing in the summer and then, you know, we get the full sort of complement of add-ons because United sort of need that, um, you know, to help with FFP and all sorts of things. But I think that's the only real positive we can get out of this signing now is a bit of money. Just a, a, a it's been a great example of how ridiculous our transfer policy was. Yeah. In that summer, when I think we just finished, did we finish second when Donny came in or did we finish third? I, was, I think yeah. we finished third. And then the we brought in, yeah. yeah, in that summer, when you think, right, we need to push on now, we need to bring in the right players for the manager. And yeah, you're right, it was, wasn't it? Because the next summer was the Ronaldo summer. And that summer, you brought in the likes of, I think Donny van der Beek came in, Diallo yeah. came in, Palestra came in, Cavani came in, Alex Tellers came in. Yeah, Five players and we spent about 100 million quid or maybe a bit more on them. And yet, other than maybe Cavani, none of them really got in the first none team. Of those, none of those players. We, we finished third, new manager, done really well, and none of those players were brought in to start. That's what I mean. Cavani it happened no to sense. start yeah. because of how poor Martial yeah. was. Because he fell off a cliff. But the season before, Martial had scored 23 goals and Cavani was a free transfer. And we thought, let's have someone who can sort of shepherd Martial into the middle of his career whilst being a good backup. And in the end, you got him pushing Martial out just because of how bad Martial was, and the rest of them never started. It was it was a baffling transfer yeah, window that because was. that it's a bit like Jose that time we finished nineteen points from City that summer. These are the summers where if you get it right, yeah. you can kick on and have a, a title challenge and, and proper go for it. And if you just bring in a load of backup players, yeah, 
and your first team already isn't good enough to win the league, you're not going to then win the league, are you? No. And it's you know it's, it's actually an achievement within his second. I know it's not much of an achievement, but it's a progress. So yeah, it was just a frustrating time, and I think there's another you know there's a sort of alternative universe where Donny van der Beek comes in and plays Manchester United and scores loads of goals or whatever, but it just didn't happen in reality, did it? No. Just lots of these opportunities he got when he took him or when he didn't when he was given those opportunities, didn't really take him and got injuries at the wrong time. Just wasn't to be. I want to go through some other players who may well be leaving in January and I want to get your take on it before we get into uh, some potential ins as well. Next up, Jane Sancho. Because yeah. he's not played for United in what, pushing three months now? No. Two months, I think. Um, he's fallen out with the manager. It's not just bad form, it's you know bad form and bad attitude. Do you think, I know obviously, give me your thoughts on, on the situation, I know you've done it before, but give me again. But most importantly, do you think we will get rid of him this, this, this January, one way or another, whether that's a loan, a full transfer? Can you imagine February the 1st, Jadon Sancho is still in the team at Manchester United or still in uh, you know, employment at Manchester United? I think he probably will be. Do you? I think his stock is so low at the minute. I think yeah. people are probably looking at Jaden Sancho and thinking he's just a problem. He's just an issue. If I get him in here, he's not going to help me. He's just going to cause issues for me. Yeah. I think that's how it is. I'm not saying that will be the case forever. And I think in the summer, it's going to be more of a case where you go, look, right, this is it now. Summer, we need to move you on or you need to buckle down and get get back get back in the team. I don't really think he's going to get back in the team. But I think in the summer, it'll be a case of, right, okay, if you're not getting back in the team, which I don't think you will, You've got to go. Yeah. You've got to move on. I think in January there might still be that thing where you go, okay, we can't get a permanent deal for you. No one, no one's really coming in for you. We're not going to get the money we want. You don't really want to move. I don't think he's that fussed about going right away. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll keep you around. I think if he was desperate for a move, that might happen. But I don't know if he is. I just feel with Jaden Sancho, it's just been a shambles. It really has. And I think it's a lot of it. I've, I blame the player, I do. People say, oh, the manager shouldn't have criticised him the way he did. He was asked about him. He was asked about Jadon Sancho. Why is he not in your squad? Now, you have a lie and say he's got an injury, in mm. which case you don't know. Jadon Sancho could have done a tweet saying, I haven't got an injury. I don't know what he's on about. Yeah. And then that makes it worse because you've lied and you've been caught out in line. Or you can be honest. And I think we saw, was it Pochettino at the weekend said it about one of his players? Mm. He's in training, he hasn't been up to the standards I want. Yeah. Almost verbatim yeah. what Jadon Sancho said. And no one's going, I can't believe he said it. Pep did it with Calvin Phillips. Pep more or less called Calvin Phillips a fatty. Said he's been eating too much, he's just supporting too much weight. And I'm not saying you should go down that route, but Pep's called out players before and other managers have done it and it's not an issue. When Eric and I did it with Jaden Sancho, I was pretty honest and just said, look, in training, he's not reached the levels I wanted for him. And Jaden Sancho re re responded in the way he did. A lot of people thought that was okay. I didn't, I thought you didn't need yeah. to do that. And then to tweet it and then delete it four days later, but not apologize. He's neither in or there, it's just nonsensical. Yeah. So I just think Jaden Sancho, it's sad to see, because I was really excited when he arrived from Dortmund. I don't think we've ever seen anywhere near that player. I'd be surprised if he goes in January. I would, I might be wrong. And I think there's a case that maybe he should go in January, because he's yeah. pretty much useless to us at the minute. But I don't know. I don't know if anyone's really taken a punt on him. And it amazes me to say that about Jaden Sancho, because two, three years ago, one of the most exciting players on the planet. Yeah. Not even just the most exciting young players, one of the most exciting players Full yeah, stop. At all. Yeah. Because he six goals involved. His, his actual numbers were exceptional, even for a 28, 29 year old, it let alone a, a 20 year old. It was a goal involvement every 80 minutes or something. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. And he helped Dortmund win a trophy. They don't do that very often. No. I think they win a trophy once every 10 years is their rate. Yeah. I know they won the, the titles under Klopp. Well, that was like 2012, whatever. Yeah. And I think they won the, 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 the German Cup. And I think, didn't he score twice in the final or something? He did, you know, he did a madness in the final. Pushed them over the line in the Champions League when it looked like they weren't going to get to the Champions League places. Yeah. Just did an absolute madness. Comes to United, doesn't really show us anything like that. Sad to see. I love it. I always say this. I love it. It made me eat my words and turned it around. Mm. I don't see it happening. And I think too, too much has gone on now. I agree. I think there's one part of that that I disagree with you on. Go Most on. of it, I do agree with you. Go on, please. The only part I disagree on is that no one would have him or that not enough teams would have him. In I, January, I mean. In January. I think there's enough teams where, based on what you see on podcasts and interviews with former players and stuff, where yeah. there's a lot more carnage, a lot more divas, a lot more people taking the piss than Jaden Sancho turning up for training a bit late. Yeah. Some, some clubs sound like they're just wild. You know, players, what was it? Was it on the telly earlier? Was it Jay Bothroyd talking about players scrapping and training every couple of weeks? That was right. We was watching Sky before with yeah. me and you. 
And Jay Boffroyd said, you know, when I was a player, like every couple of weeks, you, someone would be squaring up to each other. Yeah. Oh, really? And, and I think like, <laughs> in training, he meant like, And okay. we, we spoke to Wes Brown on the, the live show in Dublin the other day. And he spoke about, you know, when he was at Sunderland and, you know, the players all went out, a load of the players went out after a loss because we, we're used to losing. So yeah, what you can't do, never go never, out. You know, not be a human just because Sunderland is shit. So I think he could easily go to a club where, like maybe, you know, let's not say Dortmund, but Dortmund were seemingly willing to put with it. They, they got I get, someone to I get wake your point. I do. Be his alarm clock. I do. I think the issue you've got there is he's not been training properly for months. He's been training with the kids. I don't know what sort of yeah, training he's been getting, but he's not been is. training with the first team. The publicity around him has been terrible. Like, there's that old noise around him and everything that's been going on. I don't know what, what would happen wages-wise. I think United have to pay a bulk of his wages because of how much he's, he's on a week. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's that issue. I get what you're saying because he is such a talent, but I just feel like a lot of clubs as well in the middle of a season think, am I going to make, give myself more of a headache yeah. by bringing him in? Mid-season is the, the, is the, the big that's, that's my only issue. It? I think yeah. in the summer, everything you said, I agree with. Yeah. Um, let's I move just on. feeling Johnny might be different. Sorry. Sorry. Let's move on to the next one. Anthony Martial is another one. And again, people mentioned in the comments, teaming with the Super Chat says, I don't know another squad that has five different managers, players in it. Uh, this club sells the wrong players for pennies. Hope Radcliffe changes this. I think you look outside the top, you know, five or six or three or four, wherever United were last season, then then there's, there is more of that because yeah. there's a higher rotation of managers, you know, players sticking around for longer because the standards are a bit lower. But I think when you look at the top teams, there is very little of that. They are, you know, people like Marshall and Luke Shaw. Marshall in particular, I think Luke Shaw's proven himself to have some worth. Marshall is uh, what, a Louis van Gaal signing. That was Van Gaal, Jose, Oli. I'm going to include Rangnick because he was here for six months. You're not including like, Carrick? I'm not including Carrick. It was, Fair it was three games. Uh, whatever, I think it was three games. Um, and um, Ten Hag. That is five manager signings of, of, you know, managers who've been here for two or three months or above. Um, that is ridiculous. And if you think for most of Ole's time, the last two years of Ole's time, all of Rangnick's time and all of Ten Hag's time, he's been next to useless. The fact that he's still here, again, I don't even blame him for all of it because his contract is too high. He's injury prone, which isn't his fault. I know it's come from him, but it's not his fault. So it's made it difficult to offload him. But more importantly, United giving him the, 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 the deal they did and our inability to buy players who are better than him is a disgrace. Yeah. Like, you know, I know we've got Vegas and I know we, it was him and, and Marshall, so you couldn't get rid of Marshall then because it would have been just Vegas. But this summer, you know you've got a problem. Vegas isn't good enough and neither is Marshall. So you've got to get two strikers because you can't just have one who's shit because you've got to have someone. You think, I know that I, I get a bit tired of the whole we're Man United, you know, we, we should be a world-class player in every position because we never did that anyway. And also we did occasionally, but it was, it was rare. And also we aren't the Man United of 2008 anymore. And you have to accept to a certain extent where we are in order to kind of rethink things and rebuild things. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But at the same time, we, United is still in a statue where we shouldn't be having Martial still here. He's not putting a good season for Man United in three and a half years. That's terrible. No, I agree. I and agree. going into, what, July or the start of August, before we signed Hoyland, which was toward the end of the window, he was the only striker at the club. That is incredible, yeah. isn't it? it like, is. it's, it's like you it's, were saying, you made insane. a great point, me and you were chatting upstairs before, and there's people like moaning that Rashford was leading the line or was number nine at the weekend. Why is Rashford number nine? He's not good enough. And then you say, okay, Marshall's injured, Hoyland's out. Or... Who should it be then if it's if none yeah, are available? Anyone but Rashford. But not who though. Yeah, exactly. Who are you gonna you don't have to play a midfielder as a striker if you don't play Rashford because you'd have to play McTominay or Bruno as a striker. Which regardless what you think of Michael Rashford, that that is even more ridiculous. Yeah. Play, having a club like Manchester United having no strikers. So I'm with you, and I kept saying in the summer we need to buy two strikers, and you and Steve and Macker you all said the same thing. 
you all pretty much agreed, but said we won't, and no. you were right. We, we didn't. No. In an in ideal world, we would have, would have gone out and would have got Harry Kane and Rasmus Hoyland, because that's what a proper club should have done. Or, or if you can't do that, you go out and you get Rasmus Hoyland and you buy, I don't know, a, another sort of striker who can do a job for you in the Premier League. Yeah, someone, let's say someone who's got 10 league goals in a season within the last three years. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Someone yeah. who's got a bit of pedigree, even if it's a, a lesser league. Yeah. Someone who's got, you know, 15 league If we'd have gone to Fulham, for example, and I know he end up going, uh, you got a Saudi in the end, and got yeah. Mitrovic or someone like that, yeah. or you'd have gone, I don't know, it's probably not Tony because he's out for, and you needed someone who could come in straight away. But there's, there's players out there who can do a job in the Premier League. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've seen Solanke now, what he's doing at Bournemouth. Someone like that who's got a bit of pedigree, you think actually he can probably, you know, you can rotate him, you can bring him in. Well, just to, to only be relying on Andy Marshall and um, Rasmus Hoyland. Yeah. It's been criminal. And also, you, I know there's a note there as well. There's a weird one, Rasmus, because you mentioned it the other day. He's had this illness for a few yeah. weeks, which is a little bit... If that's anyone else, you wouldn't think nothing of it, but it's just illness. What is this illness? What's the nature of it? Why has he just not know. been available for a few weeks? And if it's if it's not an illness in its form or its attitude or it's been a falling out or whatever, then it, that's ridiculous. And if it is an illness, genuinely, that's really worrying. Because yeah. there aren't many illnesses that stop you playing football for three weeks that aren't pretty serious. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he's either okay or, you know, maybe he's on the way out. If it's you know we're sort of biding time to get to January and kind of covering up whatever the real reason is. But hopefully it's not an illness because you don't want him to be ill for three weeks. That's a long time to not be able to play football. And um, let's move on um, to the next one. And before that, actually, I want to talk about a little bit about. United sort of policy this this window and Dave Brailsford and I watched an interview with him or a couple of bits of an interview with him um, and he was talking about how he likes to get to the sort of motivating factors of people so it won't just be the players I know he's not necessarily going to be sat in there with, with each player um, but if he comes in as the sort of part of the new deal and he has come in as part of that new deal he looks at what is it that makes you want to do what you want to do? Is it your love of success? Is it that feeling when you win? Is it the fear of losing? Is it you know proving people wrong, proving your parents wrong, proving a, a teacher or a boss or whatever? Like a lot of people have a lot of different motivating factors, but it's the one thing that I thought was crucial in it, when it comes to Marshall and Sancho in particular, was that he said you have to have something, and and he said and you have a chat with people, and some people don't have a thing, and some people it's like if they're not willing to sort of go with it and go with the process, then you have to cut your losses. Because obviously people like Chris Hoy or whatever that he's made an absolute megastar in cycling, mm -hmm. he didn't make it, he made himself that with um, Brailsford's help. He had that within him already. And he uh, hopefully will look through the squad and look through the people above the squad and work out, are you even capable of doing what we needed you to do? Let alone, are you a actually able to do it? Are you, do you even have it in you to, to sort of approach being a, a top quality player or are you always going to be someone that needs a knock on the door at 9.05 because you missed your alarm and are you always going to be someone that is ill for three weeks when actually you just don't want to play because you're pissed off hopefully we, we start looking at that and and you know this whole thing of Sancho is going to wait for the manager to get sacked and then start trying I hope and I believe that the people above Ten Hag now won't stand for that either no I don't know whether the Glazers would but I don't think that Dave Brailsford will and I don't think that Jim Ratcliffe will and hopefully we, we start holding everyone at the club to these standards of you can't just fuck about and still get it sorted. You've got to work out why you're here, what you're doing here and how you can be the best you can be and if you're not willing to do that, see you later. I think no, it's got to be like that. I think it has, I think you're right. I think you've got to set a tone, early doors. And I know it's proper cliche but you don't get you know a second chance at first impressions and if your first impression is you come in and you go, mm, that's all right, carry on doing what you were doing. What's that? You can't be bothered. Don't worry about that. Mm. That's, that's the way it's always been here. Yeah. You've got to come in and you've got to start sort of saying, look, we, this isn't going to work. You have to reach these standards. If you've not got the desire and, and the sort of the drive and the determination to, to be the best at Manchester United. I always tell a story that Chalky told me that when Fergie, he said, was obsessed with Liverpool when he arrived at United, it was all about knocking Liverpool off the perch, off the scouts yeah. off their perch, beating Liverpool, just being a, the, the, they, they were the best team and they were the big, most successful team. In, in the league and you have yeah. to keep you know that is the, the sort of we want to be better than them and he used to say when we lost against Liverpool he was he was uncontrollable almost mm. and Chucky said he went in there once when he was coaching he was doing his coaching badges so this is probably like early noughties or whatever goes in at Carrington can't find anyone no one at reception no one in the can uh, couldn't find anyone in the training pitches couldn't find anyone in the office it's like where is everyone he can hear a voice in the background 
in the distance, walks down to wherever it is, the canteen or some room, and Fergie's got all the staff in, because mm. we just lost to Liverpool, and he's giving it a more. And he's saying that the reason we lost on weekend is symptomatic of what is wrong with this football club. You all need to pull your socks up. And he's like collectively having a go at everyone, not just the players. It's like, look, the mentality is we're better than them. We beat them. And if we don't, every single person needs to take a look at themselves. And maybe you need a bit of that now. Yeah. Because it does feel like there's a general sort of, sort of feeling of apathy at United. I'm not having a dig at all the staff at United. I'm sure they do a good job or whatever, but we're so used to not winning anymore. We're so used to not being the best. We're so used yeah. to sulking while City win everything and the scouts are challenged for everything that it's probably going to just naturally become ingrained in you. Yeah. That you're like, oh, tell you what, we finished third this season. That was good. That was As a fan, we've done it. Yeah. We won the Carabao Cup and finished third. That lot down the road, albeit with 115 charges hanging over their heads, just won a treble. Yeah. I mean, we need to get into that mindset where finishing third and winning the Carabao Cup is a massive disappointment. Under Fergie, that would have been, I'm having a clear out in the summer yeah. and I'm getting rid of half my squad and bringing in a load of new ones because this is just unacceptable. It would have been like he did in, was it 2003 when we won the title? But he went and got had a bit of a clear out and brought in some younger, you know, lots of, um, well, a lot of them flattered to the sea, but amongst that was Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, we saw it a few times where 95, we finished second and lost the FA Cup final. He got rid of three of his best players and brought in all these youngsters, everyone thinks Fergie's lost the plot, but he knew what he needed to do and he did that. And I think maybe that's what Brailsford's got to do now, is sort of set the tone and go, look, yeah. we are here to be the very best, not to be third or fourth or get to a final, but to win the major trophies. Yeah. And that's got to be the f mentality of everyone at the football club. Yeah, definitely. Just a couple of quick ones before we get onto who United can start approaching and bringing in um, over January. Just quickly, Casemiro, linked with Saudi, reports that Radcliffe was unimpressed with that deal from the start. Doesn't necessarily mean he wants to sell him, but he thought that giving a 30-year-old a four-year deal with an optional fifth year was slightly or unwise. Yeah. Um, do you think he'll go, do you want him to go? No and no. Okay. Uh, and finally, Raphael Varane, he, like we said at the start, he is now able from today to speak uh, to other clubs about a potential January, uh, sorry, summer transfer uh, his contract runs out in six months. United have declined the optional further year, not because they want to get rid of him necessarily, but because it would mean him staying on his current wages of somewhere in the region of £340,000. The reports are, we're going to negotiate with him to hopefully extend his deal, but on reduced wages. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you want him to go? Do you think he'll go this January? No, not in January. Do you think Absolutely he'll go in the not. summer? Any player that's currently playing for United should not be going anywhere in January. Maybe even when you say currently playing, you mean actually playing games, not yeah, yeah. 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 It was playing. Varane's played what the last three games, or whatever, yeah. and has played a lot at the beginning of the season. We can't afford to weaken this squad any further. No, do you know what I mean? Like if Varane, if everyone is fit, there's a good chance Varane gets in the team. I know he's been in and out, but I think if he's fully fit and Martin is his fit, they're probably sent about pairing. Yeah. Losing him in January for me would be insane. You're just weakening yourself. Yeah. And I don't see us... If you go, well, we'll, we'll get rid of Ran and we'll bring in Tadebo, just to pull, pull a name we've been linked with. Well, he's not coming in January. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Not unless um, Ratcliffe does a madness with Nice. So I just think letting him go in January would be, would be a, a huge error. Yeah, I completely agree. We've got a couple of super chats. Um, Tiesco Santa Clara says, Happy New Year, lads. Happy New Year. Um, excuse me. Why is it always hashtag don't buy the sun? Jay says it every time. I'll tell you why. I don't know. Um, in 1989, there was the Hillsborough tragedy where 96 at the time went up to 97. Liverpool fans lost their lives. The Sun ran a headline on the front page saying the truth, which was anything but. And they told a lot of lies about Liverpool fans that day, that they were robbing their old fans, that they were urinating on themselves, they were attacking police officers. They were doing all these things that they hadn't done and they didn't do. The Sun ran that headline. Now listen, I don't care whether you're a United fan or Liverpool fan, whatever. Demonising football fans who've just been through a tragedy is not okay. And that newspaper did that, didn't really apologise. I think it was Kelvin McKenzie was the editor. 
the sun has just been always been trash anyway. Even you put that to the side of some of the stories they've ran, the way they've treated people has been disgusting. But that in particular, I just think as a as a football fan, you go, I'm not gonna have that. I don't yeah. care if it's one of my rivals, I'm not having that. That's not okay. So that is why I always say hashtag don't buy the sun. Well said. Um, annoyed user one says, we know it'll take years to get back to the very top level. Whether or not Ten Hag stays, at some point we need to give a manager those years to carry out a cultural reset. Happy New Year, guys. Um, and Abin Verma with a super chat as well, thank you very much, says, Atalanta would have been happy for 50 million for Rasmus. Why are we so charitable to clubs doing charity in the wrong places? I think at the start of the window they would. Obviously, by the end, they didn't say can we have 50 million please and we went we'll give you 70 no I think if we'd have gone to him in, in, in May or April or March because you don't have to start the first day of the window because no. let's be honest a lot of clubs chat behind closed doors all the time then we maybe could have got that deal done for 50 we, we, we backed ourselves into a corner with Hoyland didn't we Yeah. where we sort of went well we're not really going for Kane mm, who else is there yeah. probably no one who else have we got on our list just Hoyland and Atalanta saw that mm. for. United are desperate for him. Yeah. And because we could have just gone right, do you know what? Sack it, we'll walk away and we'll go and get someone else. But who were we even linked with? I don't really, th- I don't, I can't, I can't remember. think of any other strategy. We covered a lot of transfer stories, but there wasn't anything concrete where you go, oh, United are in for him. No. There was no one. Like, no. I'm I'm struggling to, to think of anyone that we were sort of linked with. I might be forgetting, but I think it was either Hoyland and a little bit of Kane, and then it came on, became blindly obvious that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it was just poor from United as usual. Uh, next up, then I want to look at obviously Varane potentially having chats with other clubs can already agree a move for the summer because of uh, the Bosman rule, I believe. Yeah. Um, who can United buy? Who can United get into? So what I've got, and you don't know the list here. Okay. I've got a list of players whose contracts are expiring at the end of the year, which means United could now, if they want to, negotiate and either agree a cut price deal for January or agree a free transfer um, in the summer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring these names to you, a little bit about the player, okay. and, right. and I want your thoughts on I'm them. Feeling this. First up, Thomas Suchek. 28 years old, and I know you're thinking, West Ham you know, is, is a limited player, but he's a, a defensive midfielder who United could get for free. We don't know whether Casemiro will be here next season. We don't know what his injury record is going to be like as he gets into his 30s. He's already missed a lot of games for United for different reasons, and it's a position United are very thin in. Would you have a little tickle on Thomas Suchek, or do you think he's just the quality isn't there? I think the quality is not quite there. I quite like Suchek, you know. When I watch West Ham, when you've got a... Wait, wait, wait. wait. News just in. Go on. He signed a new deal at West Ham. Let's move on. Next up. There you go. Rabiot. 28 years old, midfielder, he'd been linked with him before, just signed a new extension at, at Juventus, but it was only a one-year extension. He's now free to move in the summer. What are you saying? On a free, manager likes him, manager yeah. wants him. That's not always a good thing with this manager, but why not on a free? Yeah. I, this whole thing about he's got a bad attitude and he's always involved in stuff and his mum's his agent. Well, that doesn't matter. No. Why is that any better my than mom, someone else? Agent. Yeah, someone else being his agent. Yeah. Is that why I always have to ring your mum when I want to see what? Why, why are you not coming work? No, she just says, make him ring me. Hello, Mrs Smith. Is Joe coming in today? No. Forget about that. <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, also, just worth pointing out, Inter are currently two points off the top. Um, sorry, Juve are currently two points off Inter at the top of uh, Serie A, and there's a gap of like seven points behind them. So they, they're in a title race at the minute. That may affect... Rabio's willingness to stay at Juve if they win a league, but yeah, I you, mean, you'd fancy him if not for free and, and a player that I don't know a lot about. But whenever I've seen him, he was quite decent. I wasn't, I wasn't. I mean, I thought we got a better deal when we didn't go for him or we didn't get him and we got Casemiro. It felt like we were getting a, a good, not getting a good midfielder and getting a great one instead. Yeah, but obviously Casemiro is the age he's, he's at and there's question marks there. So no, I, I, I'd have Rabiot on a free. I think he could do a job and I think the manager obviously likes him as well. So why not? I, I wouldn't want to see United go out and spend a lot of money on him. Hmm. I'm just writing down but, your, uh, but we're not, your thoughts here. So that's the point. So Rabiot, yes. Okay, next up then, Mario Hermoso. Go oh, on. okay, I'll enlighten you. Centre-back, come left-back. Uh, plays for Atletico Madrid, yeah. uh, 28 years old. Weirdly, was sort of way out of their squad, way out of things at the start of last season. Yeah. Um, 
got torn apart by I think Adama Traore for Barca in Jesus one game. Jesus Christ, he's selling uh, him to me. Yeah, but post World Cup last year, he mm. was fantastic. He's very good uh, at ball playing. You look at his numbers compared to other centre backs. It's, I think it's something like his average is about 70 passes a game. Yeah. His long passing is exceptional. I think there was a period last year where no centre-back in La Liga had made more long passes than him, um, looking like a player that's sort of on an upward curve of his career. Even though he's 28, may not be a top, top player, but as a kind of rotation piece for free. Do you like the idea of someone like that? Got a bit of pedigree, won a, a La Liga as well at um, Atletico Madrid? No, I don't, to be honest with you. Okay. It's not for me. I, I just feel like I get your point. And he's obviously done well in spells, mm -hmm. but it does feel like a bit of a gamble. And also, <laughs> and also, playing at United and playing at something like United is such a big ask for yeah. a player. I just feel that a 28-year-old who has done all right, yeah. I don't know if that's the answer for us. Okay. That's a no. I mean, but I've not seen a lot of him, so I'm not gonna, I don't know. A lot of people in the comments uh, not keen. Uh, Daniel Berry says, no, 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 this is the dregs. We're about to get out of the dregs in a right. second. Um, someone says, no to Hermoso. Hermos, no. Nice. There you go. Um, next up. Now, this one is a bit out of left field, I will say. Go on. Wilfred Ndidi, defensive midfielder, yeah. plays for Leicester, obviously, in the yeah. championship. United were linked with him three or four years ago Yeah. Um, when he was valued at around a hundred million pounds. Yeah. He was considered one of the sort of brightest young players in yeah. his position in the world. Yeah. I think this was when Leicester were challenging for top four. He was excellent. 27 years old now. Um, he's kind of in and out of the team weirdly. Yeah. So obviously the, the career hasn't gone the way that people thought it would. But could it be a sort of James Madison, sort of Tielemans at Villa type situation where again, we get a player in a position we want, that defensive midfield area. He's free. He's probably going to be on very sort of small wages compared to a lot of our players. And he does have some Premier League pedigree. Do you know what it felt like? You know, like back in the day, you ring your dealer and he hadn't got out. Right. And then you ring your other dealer and he hadn't got out. Yeah. And you remember that guy you got some off once that wasn't that great, no. but you're just like, I just need to get some of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're going out, so you think, sack it, we'll ring him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we'll get it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's better than now. Yeah. And then it ends up not being better than now. You think that was a waste of money. That was a waste of 40 quid. Yeah, it feels like that. It's like a few years ago, he was all right. Yeah. But really, Ndidi now at United, is he going to come in and do anything? I'm not Scott McTominay's biggest fan, certainly not as a defensive midfielder. I'd rather play him there. Mm. And I don't think he does anything there. But at least I know he's, you know, done something for United. Yeah. I think you bring Wilfred Ndidi in and you may as well just not bother. But putting out, you may as well, I just think that's just waste. No. Bro in the comments, his actual name, that's not me saying bro in the comments. Bro, bro in, the comments. in the comments says Ndidi is like 80, please no. He's 27. He's the youngest person That worries me so though. Far. That worries me. Go because on. it's like, all right, you're 27, you're in Leicester's team. All the other players that were of a similar age issue were good have gone from Leicester. You're still there. Why? Mm. Why are you still there? Do you know what I mean? Tillmans went to Villa, Madison went to Spurs. I know like the, the others were quite old and the others, even Evans, I know he left, but we had him, do you know what I mean? He come to United. What's happened with, with, with my man? Fafana went to Chelsea, didn't he? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know that was during the season that they were relegated, but yeah. with Indeed, with three or four years ago, he was a, a hot property. Yeah. But he's had a bad three or four years. You basically signed Andy Martial. You're, you're buying someone who three years ago. Had the good stuff, and now he's got an out. Yeah, okay. Not a fan of Ndidi. Uh, finally then, I want to get your thoughts on this one. Free transfer into the season. Go on. Killing Mbappe. Free. That, the French lad? French fella. That plays for PSG? Yeah. Uh, That's the I one. think I've seen him in a World Cup final. Yeah. Um, but he, he lost the loser. Yeah, he lost. I mean? So he must have played Too shit. Busy, yeah. Um, Ndidi is on a free transfer Indeed. at the end of the year. Sorry, Indeed he is. And as is Mbappe. <laughs> That's one extreme to the other, that, isn't it? Someone is probably going to get Kylian Mbappe for yeah. free this summer. Do you want it to be Manchester United? Of course I want it to be Manchester United. Do you? Of course I do. Okay. I want it. Like, let's have it right. 
to quote Stephen Allison, if we got Kylian Mbappe, I know he says it about other reasons, but it's a sausage roll party. It's like, you're having a party if we got Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. That breaks the internet. That oh, yeah. breaks us. We're just like, we, that's one of the signings where you probably just go down to Old Trafford to celebrate. You're like, yeah. oh my God, we've got Kylian Mbappe. That'd be like bigger than when Ronaldo came back because you're buying someone who's not even in the prime yet and he's arguably the best attacker in the world. Yeah. Like that would be, I know that you probably, you know, people go, it's Ireland, yeah, but he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. Of course like he's in the conversation. Fifth most goals this, yeah. this year. So Come he's not on. Doing bad. He is. So that would be phenomenal if we got him. But I don't see it happening. I'll tell you why. Go on. A, his wages. Yeah. Two, he's signing on fee. And D. And D, his wages. Right. <laughs> I think he's on Ratcliffe some... ain't gonna ain't gonna give someone 850k a week, which no. is what he'd want. Yeah, he him on a free, his starting negotiation will be: I want to be the best p- paid player in the world because you're getting me for now, other than yeah. me signing on for you. You're not paying a f- transfer fee for me, and I am mint, and yeah. I have got a good five years left in me. Yeah. So I want more or less a, almost a million a week. Maybe after tax, it's 850k, or whatever. Yeah. Or a million before tax, sorry. And he'll get it somewhere. Yeah. But he won't get it United. You don't come in, all guns blazing as Sir Jim Ratcliffe and go, this transfer policy, this wage structure, yeah. this, that and the other, it's all nonsense. And then go, oh, by the way, we're going to bring in a player on uh, a million pound a week. No. it does. It's not going to happen. I mean, I'd love it if we got Mbappe. We ain't getting him. If you think as well, you, what, how much is he worth on the market? 200 million quid? Yeah. Like, you're saving that. So you, you, you're immediately saving 200 million quid. And you think if you divide 200 million over four years, let's yeah. say, in terms of his, his contract, yeah. that's a million quid per week yeah. you're saving anyway. Yeah. So he's, so he'll be like, well, minimum, I want that. Yeah. No, because, he'll you know, get it. I would have got some money anyway. Yeah. You know, even if you'd have paid 200 million quid for me, he still would have given me 500, quid, 500 grand a week in terms of wages. Yeah. So you're saving yourself 500 grand a week it's, it's, you, you've to, nailed to get it. me now, and I can still have a million quid. He's going to want that, definitely. Harlan did it sit. Yeah. Harlan's buyout clause was what? 70 million or something, 60 million? Yeah. His signing on fee and his wages were astronomical because he could get that. Because he's like, look, you're getting me on a cheap, relatively speaking, modern football sort of terms. The, the issue you've got as well, and I'd speak to a few ex players, and I'm, I'm guessing it's still the same, where if Mbappe comes in and he gets 850k <coughs> a week, there might be certain players in that squad who automatically get a pay bump to that. Mm. They have a deal where they go, look, if someone comes in and gets a higher wage, my wage goes up to, 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 to hit their parity with them. I think De Bruyne had it with Haaland at say, I think in the past we've had players that have had it. So I don't know for definite. Roy Keane was, had that, didn't he? Yeah, so you might have a situation where it comes in and then all of a sudden Rashford and one or two others, they get a pay rise because it's not like they've got a deal where it's like, if, so you sign someone who gets more money than I get, I'm joint highest paid player at the club. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not 100% positive, but it does happen. It does. So if that happens, then you're going to be having to pay other players similar wages or whatever. Yeah. Or any other player you sign after that is going to go, What's that? Haaland's on, uh, sorry, Mbappe's on 850k a week. I'll tell you what, I just want 600k a week. Mm. I'm not going to be greedy like him. Yeah. And you're like, well, we can't pay that. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that, that's only 75% of what he's Yeah, doing. so. What, do know. you think I'm not even half as good as yeah. him? Yeah. What are you like, trying to say? You're wrecking your wage structure for that. Yeah. Now, some clubs like Real Madrid and maybe PSG, I well, know he's at PSG, but they've obviously got away with it. Real Madrid might do it. I don't see him go to Saudi, but obviously if he did anywhere there, he'd probably have yeah, it. He'd probably, get, he'd probably get close to a billion quid over two or three even. years, wouldn't he? Even, pains me to say it, if they don't get affected by any sort of transfer ban or, or anything like that with these charges they've got angering over the red, and they don't buy anyone else, even maybe City could probably do it. Yeah, City could go, right, we won't sign anyone other than the best player available in the world. Yeah. And we get him in and we carry on winning everything. Yeah, or they'll be like, we won't pay you this much officially, but we'll, what we'll do is we'll buy you a planet Yeah. that's, yeah. that's quite diamond rich. Yeah. And if you sell that planet, it's yeah. probably worth about a billion. Your, your mum and dad now work for Manchester City, and yeah. they're on seven hundred k a, a you know a, a month. week. Yeah, a week. Yeah, but that's not your wages; that's theirs. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They're just the gardener and the the, the cleaner at, at the Etihad. Okay, so we want Mbappe, but also by the end of it, you've almost talked yourself out of it. There, do you want him? It's or not, not desire. I'm not talking about I want it, but we won't get him. Okay, it's just not going to happen. Personally, I, I I don't want him for all the reasons you just mentioned. Yeah, I think that. He's the final piece of a jigsaw, not half of a jigsaw by himself. And we're too far away. We've only got half of a jigsaw. Yeah. You can't just get him in and win the league. You know, maybe Liverpool can do that. Maybe Arsenal, I know they don't have the money, but 
maybe they're one correct piece away. City are obviously a, a correct piece away from back-to-back -back trebles, let alone winning the league. Um, Real Madrid, they're maybe one piece away. But United aren't. Do you know and, what it is with me as well? We've done this for too long so, where we tried to buy just, sorry, the last piece. Sorry. And we aren't, there's, there's more than one gap in the jigsaw. There's seven or eight gaps in the jigsaw. A big part of it for me as well is the desire. I'd love if we bought Kylian Mbappe. I agree with everything you said, yeah. 100%. But he's the type of player that my kids would be mirroring me for tickets every week. True. I would not have to drag them to Old Trafford. Which be, is what I have to do sometimes. United become a... Yeah. They would be like, Daddy, can we go to Old Trafford this week? And sometimes they're like, oh yeah. Sometimes they're like, oh, do we have to? Do you know what I mean? Right. That, he's that type of player where yeah. he'd be like, oh my God, we're going to go and watch Mbappe. Yeah, I'm having a bit of that. So, selfish reasons, but you're right and I'm wrong. I don't mm. often say that. I mean, like you said, if we sign Kylian Mbappe, don't get me wrong, I'll be jumping around. Of course, the studio. you're a football fan. I just don't think it will happen, first of all. And I think I can see a scenario that I think is 50 50 at, at, at worst, where it actually do you sort know, of crushes do, um, any hope we have of, of an immediate kind of do, comeback. Do you know what it'll be as well? A bit of the Kane thing, where the club don't think we'll get him. Yeah. And if we, you know, it'd be one of those where, like, if you went for him, not just we don't think we get him, sorry, if you went for him, we don't get him and we embarrass ourselves. Yeah. Because it's like we were willing to do this, yeah. and we don't get him anyway. And and as we saw with Frankie De Jong, but this you know times it by two or three. When you talk about FFP sort of restrictions, Mbappe would be all eggs in one basket. Yeah. So you spend all summer going for Mbappe because you can't sign anyone else if you do get Mbappe because <laughs> yeah. he sort of fills the entire thing. Yeah. And then two weeks before the end of the season, you go, all right, we're not getting Mbappe, and we haven't really looked at anyone else properly because there was no point if we signed Mbappe because we couldn't sign anyone on yeah, top of him anyway. So we could easily fuck ourselves. It just ourselves. screw you, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, cause you just waste your summer, try to get a play you can't get. And then on deadline day, you'd be kicking around, putting in, you know, 50 million pound bids for Raul Jimenez. Yeah. Because you just snookered. Fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? If it's we one of them sign Raul Jimenez as well, people go to Old Trafford wearing like head braces yeah because that's cause, nice cause, like, they, like, like they did with the um, Fellaini wigs and all that We'd be, I'd get right behind it um, let's move on to Wally of the week then so we're yeah. not signing Mbappe but Jay wants him um, Wally of the week <laughs> this is where every single week we look at someone who's just been a f effing Wally do you know what I mean someone who's just yeah. what are you doing mate what, what, what is the point in all this yeah who is um, it for you this week have you got any I'm trying to think who Who's been me, me boy? What have I been tweeting about? Arsenal for me. Oh, right, okay. Sick of it. Go on. Pretending to be title challengers every year. Yeah. Last season was such a woeful ending to the season, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. City winning everything, us losing the FA Cup final to him, Arsenal pretending to stop him, and in the end just going, oh, go, lads. Yeah. we don't even care. This year, they've given up halfway through the season, bought some players that weren't good enough. But it's this thing of. Arteta screaming, losing his head every single week. We speak about it occasionally, but like they, the team reflects his nervous, kind of aggressive, over-the-top emotional energy. And when you watch them play, they're all just losing their heads all the time. Yeah. Everyone just, it's, it's always coming down to the last second and everyone's freaking out. You just think, shut up. You were meant to stop Liverpool winning the 20th title. You were meant to stop City winning four in a row. And yes, could United have done more to do either of those things? Probably, yeah, but yeah. we haven't. So now I'm looking at who's next up, and it was Arsenal. And yes, there's still a chance they win the league, but at the minute they look like they're going to be scrapping for top four with us rather than scrapping for the title. So I'm a bit pissed off with them actually. Yeah. And I said this about a month ago: you can't win the league by winning every game in the last minute. And Arsenal were trying to do that. Like these are the results of champions, you know, coming coming from behind, way until the very end. Yeah, the, the results of champions when you do three or four a season. Yeah. Not when you're trying to do twenty five a season. <laughs> every single game they were one all going into the ninetieth minute. Like this isn't sustainable and as we're seeing now it isn't sustainable so Arsenal for being overly emotional getting carried away with themselves signing Kai Havertz and absolutely bottling it halfway through the season piss off I love that that's elite I'm, do you know what I haven't got do you know what it is right it's everyone and forgive me if you're one of these people because I don't mind a dad joke I'm quite partial to him but everyone who was tweeting United are unbeaten in 2024 right. like Everyone was tweeting that like last night and that, and he's just like after midnight, you're like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. get it? It's, yeah, it's funny and that, but come on, I know. Uh, it's, shut up. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it's, it is really because also we're I'm only one sorry because I'm the worst one for dad jokes, but like, I was like, so many people do it. It just 
it did me, Addy. Well, we're only one day into 2024. I've not played a game yet, so maybe that's why. Yeah, like, it was like that thing. It was... Pretending oh, like. yeah, a producer, Ollie's taking... Oh, yeah, before... Yeah, yeah, a producer, Ollie's taking time out for playing music on his phone dead loud. To... Um, <laughs> to, to give us the 2023 league table. Yeah, on, so son. this is something I wanted to look at as well. Um, so you see here, this is all competitions, and I believe this is even including knockout games, if every game was awarded three for a win, one for a draw, and zero points for a loss. This is the annual table of the top five leagues of 2023. And you can see there, Manchester United in fifth. Now, there's a lot of things you can look at there. There's a lot of problems, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. First of all, we've sort of accumulated enough wins and draws to be the fifth kind of highest points accruing team in Europe this season, which is very good, uh, this year, which is very good. But more so than anything, the thing I want to point out is the fact that no one in Europe, or certainly none of these top teams, have played more games than us. City, who won everything this year, have only played the amount of games Manchester United have had. And I think when you look at the number of injuries we've had, and the number of um, players out we've had over the last couple of months, that's one of the reasons why. City have got a bigger squad than us. City have won a lot of games 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, they can rest players. United, it feels like, based on that goal difference, it sort of tells you we've had to scrap for everything. You know, we've got a goal difference of, what is it? Nearly eight, well, over 80 less than Man City's. So almost every game there, we're fucking scrapping for the win. And no wonder everyone's injured when we played 66 games in the calendar year and we've got a goal difference of 22. I think it's a miracle that we're even on that list. I know the last sort of three or four months form, we're probably in the bottom kind of four or five of, of the top five leagues. But I think there is still some positive signs. And overall this year, yes, we've lost 21 games and I'm, you know, I'm not blind to that. But I think overall United have done a lot of good things this year. Yeah, there's a few things that, to say about that. First of all, everything you said is spot on. Yeah. Secondly, I think if you're going to count head-to-heads, we'd be above Barcelona. Very good point. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it so, on head-to-head rather than goal difference, yeah. please, guys. So that, you know, maybe we, sh- we are top four. Also, it makes a bit of a mockery of our um, pre-season as well, the fact we probably played more games than any of them teams pre-season. Mm. When you've already played more games than anyone else, it's all, as many as Man City. Yeah. It's just, it was, was insane which is just the Manchester United way. Mm. And the reason it's a bit sort of deflated, not deflated, but it's not as great as it is, we've had a sort of bad last few months overall. I know we had that purple patch in November, but sort of January to March was was all right and good, and then there was great spells or whatever, but then the last few months is, it was the other way around where you started off badly and then you were flying now. Oh yeah, there'd be a lot more positivity around. I think the the great point you made that it highlights though is we've played a lot of games, we've had injuries, we've had to battle for a lot of these points or a lot of these wins, which makes kind of makes you think when you look at things like that. This manager's not all bad. Maybe no. maybe there's, there's there's a reason to give him a bit more time. I think there is yeah. anyway. And just the ability and the necessity that we've had to play sixty six games is a testament to being successful. Yeah, you, know, you, don't, you don't play that unless you get to finals, semi-finals and whatever. We got to, to two finals last year yeah. and a quarter-final in the Europe. And no, one's, no one's getting out of the bunting for a quarter-final in the uh, Europa League, but two finals can't be sniffed at. Um, and you know, finishing third in the league. So yeah, it's, it's not all doom and gloom. Just got to be realistic about where we're at now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Jay, uh, for coming on and having a chat with me today. Thank you at home for watching. Hit the like button if you haven't already. Thank you very much. This has been the Stretford Paddock Podcast. We'll see you in a bit. Sports Social Podcast Network.